So, welcome back. Hi. Welcome to Aircode Coffee. We are going to talk about recruiters, right? Is it, is it just going to be talking or is it going to be ranting? Uh, a little bit of both. I mean, recruiters are sometimes a big pain in the ass, so sorry, recruiters. Yeah, you, um, you've got some recent experiences with recruiters. Yeah, I mean, again, I mean, it's just someone's job, so I get it. You're just trying to make a living, earn some money, you know. But what kind of person wants that kind of job? Well, some people just want to help, right? They they want to help people find work, and that's fine. So I mean, like mediators? Because from what I know, recruiters are people who get hired by a company uh-huh. or can be hired by a company even to yeah. hire other people, to find the people that the company wants. Yeah, that that, that makes sense. Yeah. Right? Okay, so I guess they're they're not they're not doing something unethical or, or anything, right? No, they're not. The, okay, that's that's the thing. There is a there is a need for recruiters also, mm-hmm. B- because a lot of companies just don't know how to approach and find the right people. It's okay. just some recruiters don't really give a shit <laughs> about their job or something. But yeah, that, what, that, what do you that, mean with that? That's not a recruiter problem. I mean, every job has some people that just don't give a crap about anything. I mean, I've seen bus drivers that just don't really care about their jobs and just, you know, do How it. many people die each year by people <laughs> not caring? Okay, let's not I go there. But <laughs> Pilots, uh, right? <laughs> just crashing planes because they don't care. I think, yeah, some, some jobs you would need this really strict guide uh, or, or yeah. even like your assessment of if you're even um, like viable for the job. I think as a pilot, you have this very, very high risk. Uh, I mean, like if you do something wrong, you you kill a lot of people. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, of course they have like two uh, or three pilots in one plane. So in case one pilot decides to not give a shit this day, (laughs) there's still another guy that can kind of help and back him up. But yeah, I don't know. Just, I've had a lot of recruiters that, that, contact you and they have like a whole nice listing and they're like oh we're we're enthusiastic and uh, we can probably help you and we have something and yada yada mm-hmm. and then you you email them your you know uh, cv your, so you're uh, you're generally interested in the job and you like approach I mean, that, them that, that's the thing because they don't a lot of times they don't really give much information so you're always kind of guessing that it's maybe so they're that, teasing they're, they're yeah, like they, luring they, or, or fishing for a a person yeah. almost. Uh, I mean, a lot of times they contact you and it's like, oh, well, we, we have something that pays really good and uh, uh, it's close uh, where you live, so you're probably going to like it. And, uh, well, then you have to send your information and you send it to them. And in between you getting that message and you sending more information, they are really impatient. So they, they, they email you multiple times and they phone you if they call you and... Uh, I mean, I've had, I have one recruiter right now that just, mm-hmm. he texted me like four times through LinkedIn. Wait, that's uh, after you gave him your CV? No, after I texted, if I sent him a message back saying, I don't have time right now to send him more information. So I will get so back to declined? him. I will get back to him on Monday, right? Okay, and okay. In, in between that message that I sent him that I will get back to him on Monday, he mm-hmm. sent me three more messages. 
he sent three more messages and one of them was like are, are you still interested and uh, please uh, it would be nice if you have What's a call what's the time or span please it, it's, it, it's three or four days in three or four days yeah like at the end of the week I presume he, he sent me he sent me the message uh, on was it Friday I guess okay that's the first no wait no Thursday was the first message okay and, and Friday he he sent me another message that he was asking uh, if I was still interested while I, on Thursday, I emailed him back or sent him a message back mm-hmm. like two hours after he sent the message. <laughs> so I'm just, I mean, I'm interested. I'm curious what he has to offer, you know, but Jesus, dude, can you just give me a fucking weekend? Just give me some time, okay? Yep. I'm, not go- I'm not going anywhere. And, and, and I mean, it sounded like he, he didn't have uh, other people uh, available. So just <laughs> Jesus. It almost seems like they're scaring you off with, with by doing that. You know, you, you you don't get a good, honest, I don't know, c- communication vibe by doing this. Yeah, and it, it always starts off kind of nice. You know, they are trying to please you, and everything is fine. That's, that's mm-hmm. always the case. But afterwards, if they know you kind of you know hooked on and you are kind of interested, they always just yeah. re- return to. I don't know, being horrible people. I mean, horrible at communicating. Okay. Again, so, I'm not yeah. saying recruiters are bad, just, you know. Hmm. And uh, I've had a lot of times where a recruiter contacts me and tells me that he has a, a job for a Java developer. Wow, Java. Yeah, just, I mean, fuck hell. Look at my LinkedIn. Look at my profile. Go to my website. Look at my CV. You can, you can see that I don't do... Java, okay. I do I do JavaScript. That's totally different. Well, you think they actually like they they mistook JavaScript for Java? Yeah, they did, and that happens multiple times. No, uh, yeah. that's how, wait. How, the, how are these that, people professional recruiters? Then that's that's exactly what I'm saying. That's that's why what I find so weird because is it is it just not interesting or something? I mean, how how can something that big? Make, yeah, I don't know. It's just. No, I mean, it's, it's, it's okay. So as as a recruiter, aren't you supposed to know what you're talking about? Like uh, t- the terminology of uh, JavaScript and Java, it's a yeah. completely different thing. And yeah, of course. I know they sound similar and they the first four wo- uh, letters of the words is the same. But uh-huh. don't you need to know what that means as a recruiter and yeah. know exactly what you need to look for in a, in a person when... A company needs a Java developer, not someone who is a UX JavaScript, whatever person, right? Uh huh. Yeah. So, how's that? Like, what kind of person are you? What kind of recruiter are you? If you, I, I don't know. I, I don't know what what what's going on in their minds. It's it's so weird. I mean, I also get a lot of uh, recruiters. I mean, I had one called me one. Uh, so, um, one of them called me a few days ago, and mm-hmm. he had a. A job for uh, UX design. UX design, okay. Yeah, so not for me because I'm I'm doing UI and a little bit of UI design and mostly front end, right? Mm-hmm. So he calls me. He says, "Yeah, I have something nice for you." Yeah, yeah, a whole story, and I tell him what I exactly do. So I tell him I'm a front end developer and I do, uh, you know, I can do Vue and Ember and uh, I, I specialize in CSS and uh, you know that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. And then he, he's like, oh, wait, you don't do, you're not a UX designer? And I said, no, not really. He said, oh, okay, well, I'll, okay, 
I maybe have something else for you. I'll, I'll get back to you. Well, and then <laughs> hang up and then <laughs> nothing happens. Okay, so I, mean, I guess they they don't even look at your profile. But well, they do because the only way to get my contact information is through, through LinkedIn mainly, and mostly most times I get them through LinkedIn. They, they, a lot of times mm. they call me or send me a message through LinkedIn, and or they call me and they tell me they found me on LinkedIn. I mean, how how can you how can you not look at my profile but decide to call me? What what's happening? Yeah, I, I don't. So they. They look at your profile. Yeah. They find your CV and like your your ex- experience and uh-huh. all of that stuff. And I think they literally just zone out and focus on your contact details. M- maybe they get your account or your profile served through a an algorithm that says like this person might be uh, useful for for your search in this field or something. Mm-hmm. Like maybe maybe they don't personally look at your profile, but they let a, a machine like a system or an algorithm look for your profile and then contact you through that yeah and, maybe, and then maybe the, they have yeah maybe they kind of have a automatic system and i mean ui and ux are pretty close in uh you know they are not close in real life but i mean online a lot of times when someone does ui he also does ux right and yeah. the other way around so i think maybe if they have a system Mm-hmm. an automated system it, it will it looks at my profile and see oh a ui so you should also be uh, doing ux yeah. right there's some overlap there i guess in the in in the field of ui and ux design and development but yeah um i guess it's a very generous way to look at a, a person's profile it is I, yeah when i when i'm so i've i'm not actually a recruiter or anything i but i have been looking for uh, like a colleague through my job mm-hmm. so I, I did have to go through you know the whole shebang of uh, trying to find someone through LinkedIn or uh, just placing a job at a job board and it, it, it's kind of strange to have uh, someone react like okay so this is the thing I don't think it's good to go and find someone most of the time you want someone to come to like you you put out a job and someone who actually is interested and knows that hey i could work here i fit here that's the moment you know that that person is genuinely interested yeah because Uh, i mean they 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 made an effort to find you right yeah like so as a recruiter i guess you're making it easier for that person to be found and the company to be found like uh-huh. you're like the mediator or like the messenger for both ways i guess mm-hmm. but it never feels very genuine and very honest of the communication it's like oh um yeah you could be a fit and oh um, well you're not that exactly perfect for our for us for our job but you know maybe maybe we could fit you in anyway and it always yeah. feels like it's it's not really the interest is not really there. It's more like a sales pitch and you're trying to sell a job and the person, the, the consumer you're selling it to is the person taking the job. Yeah. <laughs> so that, that's also a feeling I get when I talk to recruiters through LinkedIn or whatever. Mm-hmm. They always seem a bit sneaky or sly. Like yeah. they, they they try to like uh, hide information that you're actually, that, that, that would matter to you. You know, 
I'm not sure. I, I've never really had that, to be honest, the, the the sneaky recruiters, because the problem is a lot of times they, um, if you agree and you're interested, they you have to uh, get to a meeting with them, and yeah. eventually you'll get a meeting with the client of the recruiter, right? So yes, you do. If you, if you don't fit their profile, you, yeah. you get rejected, and then the recruiter just wasted a lot of time and energy in you. Yeah, I get, that's so true. I think but. I think it depends on the kind of recruiter. I mean, maybe that happens more if there's an in-house recruiter uh, for mm. a big company or something. Okay, but yeah. but those uh, you know those recruitment agencies that are just separate units. I think they, I mean, time is money for them. So I guess so. I mean, do, do they sell their services as a guarantee? Like, oh, if you if you use us us recruiters then you will definitely get a, a person that fits the job yeah i mean that yeah that's that's mm. how they uh okay yeah but th- doesn't that also insinuate that they're pretty what do you call it um like they would do anything to get someone to to fill up that position they don't care that much if it's a good fit i think they will try to do anything yeah but um again I, I don't think because if if recruiter um uh, finds a freelancer that's available right mm-hmm. and um uh that company is interested and they had a talk and stuff um but eventually they find out that it just doesn't work yeah uh, both parties just how they don't they I don't know I feel like the, uh, you're talking about people who are not uh, like a lot of people are looking for a job, uh, and they they have a, a need for money. Yeah. So they would they would just say that yeah I, I could I could work there. I know I'm not a perfect fit, but I could. And th- this feeling of um, I don't know it's not dishonesty in in the sense that. Um, but they both have a need, and if mm-hmm. you kind of fit there, you would accept it. You know. I think that that happens a lot in, at companies, especially uh, freelancers. No offense. Yeah. They 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 would accept any kind of job if they're in a pinch, you know. As yeah. long as they can fit the the bill somewhat and can do some work. Yeah, I mean, uh, most times there is some flexibility also in the in the position for a mm-hmm. freelancer. So um, freelancers do have most times. Um, I mean, if a company is looking for a certain developer in a certain, mm-hmm. you know, view or React or whatever, sometimes they are just fine with someone who has no experience with those uh, frameworks, for example. Yeah. But uh, if they are quick to learn and they just do their job well, they don't really care. Yeah, exactly. So it's it's somewhat, it, it goes both ways, you know. The company probably knows that, oh, okay, this is not the, the, the best developer but he might be able to do the job yeah and i think that's fine but the thing is it, it never feels 100 percent mutual interest you know it's mm-hmm. like a i guess it's normal but normally when i when i uh start a project it's very passion driven yeah and i feel like in web development if you lack the passion to finish a job mm-hmm. most of the time it's halfway there when you're when when you you know when when you give it to the 
what do you call what? it the, the person who's uh, assigned you the project um so okay. the company who's hired you yeah knows that you're not the perfect man to finish the job to uh, do the, the recruiter yeah. in this case you mean no the company because the recruiter you're done you're, you're hired now yeah so the company is like okay well it's it's not the perfect fit but we'll we'll just accept it and we'll see how how he does it yeah maybe you yeah. have like a month and also i mean it's better than nothing so yeah exactly and they're very um you know it's it's the deadline is very close so they mm -hmm. have to finish this yeah so you start working and you know like ah oh, I, i can't really get this done in time i can't get it done perfectly so i'm just going to find a way to fix this in another way yeah. and it becomes I don't know, like there's two ways. There's the passion that you can get for finishing a job, but there's also the time limit in which you have to finish a job. Yeah, that's true. And, and I feel like a lot of times as a freelancer, you can get away with not doing the job 100% because there's a time limit and your contract will just end and you have to finish it in that time. Yeah, and especially with freelancing, most jobs are, you know, oh, we need a developer next week. Yeah, and exactly. We need him for, I don't know, one or two months and then you're done. Or yeah. you might be able to extend your uh, contract or something. Mm -hmm. But it, yeah, it, a lot of times it is a last minute quick, uh, you know, quick um, switch. Yeah, so, it's like in a lot of, for example, if you're trying to get your house painted or renovate or whatever, yeah. you just hire someone. You don't care if they, <laughs> if they, uh, if you can personally click with them. You know? um yeah it depends unless it's a so, very long project yeah i mean well then you're hiring person you're not taking a freelancer if you if you can take your time because you know you, mm -hmm. you want to paint your house but it's fine as it is it's just you know an improvement yeah. not necessarily something that has to be done i think you, you you can take your time and find someone who fits perfectly and you know for sure that it will work out right yeah, okay if you have no deadlines yeah definitely. but i mean if the, if the house is just you are going to move to the new house in a week yeah. and it has to be painted mm -hmm. well then yeah sure you just find someone who has time and just accept whatever outcome yeah. is right and, and even if the job isn't done perfectly you're still fine with it yeah i mean it is eventually it is done it's just you yeah. know you, you you probably fix it later and that's i think that's also what kind of happens with um, freelancers though yeah uh, in a lot of companies freelancers are you know added to uh a, a team that is just missing some manpower or um yeah for a while maybe someone is on vacation or someone got, got mm. sick or something yeah. and afterwards uh if you're done you just you know give the project and they they'll brush it up if necessary mm. and they just continue developing for it so yeah yeah so in this case it is yeah. fine to have someone who is just you know less skilled than you kind of hoped yeah. or expected Yeah, I think that's that's perfectly fine. It's just, I think it creates this um, somewhat artificial interest between two parties. Like, we need you, and you need us, so just do it. Yeah. Not because you you <laughs> you want to do it. Uh. It's, so I don't know. It's just something I thought of that when you're a freelancer, unless you're personally invested in the cause or. You, mm. you have a project that is going to take a while or it, it's there's a huge amount of money involved. <laughs> yeah. 
uh, you're not gonna put like 100% of your effort most of the time because you know it's not worth it. In two months, you're gonna have to finish it up and, and just drop it there. Yeah, but it that, might be, yeah. Yeah, that depends. I mean, of course, sometimes a company will extend the contract or I mean, mm-hmm. if they have a nice experience with you, they That's sure, sure as hell going to hire you again because uh, it is hard to every time find a new freelancer who fits the same mm-hmm. profile or you know has the same knowledge as you. Yeah. And especially if you if you want to get hired again, you might as well do a good job every time you get hired, right? Yeah. I mean, that, what I always do is just try to deliver the best code as possible. And mm-hmm. I always contact clients afterwards and ask, like, how, how did it go? And what did you like? What you didn't like? And, you know, mm-hmm. I, that kind of way, I hope to build some kind of relation between the client and me and hope that eventually more work will get out of it. Okay, so and you, if, you self-evaluate after yeah, the... Okay. Yeah, I mean, it's not it's not really, you know, I don't do a whole um, question list, questionnaire mm-hmm. or something. It just, I, I always try to, you know, feel a little bit how it went and if they will eventually be interested in more work mm. with me. But um, Okay. I mean, that's better than just a freelancer who just does the job and just gets the fuck out, you know. Yeah, that's it, true. It, sure, for, for some companies that will that's fine but i don't know it it's hard to build a um it's hard to find other freelancers eventually so yeah i think having a, a professional but a, um i don't know a friendly re- relationship with your co-workers your freelancers and your bosses mm-hmm. is a good thing yeah everybody is happier if you're honest and just talk about what you thought it was going well and what was going wrong during a project yeah i i think well with with this kind of stuff and also in life you should just mm-hmm. try to be nice to people and as i always try to be nice against recruiters i mean sometimes i'm like just how can you even text me this you know how how, <laughs> how is this possible how can you what what's happening but I, I always try to be nice and i always try to be respectful to them and just decline and Tell me like, uh, uh, well, you send me this for a Java developer, and I'm doing JavaScript. And uh, okay. well, I mean, don't don't be a dick against people. They're just doing their their job. So, do you but, usually get a response back after you decline? Yeah, I do. I, a lot of times, I get a message back saying uh, thank you for your honest feedback and thank you for contacting me back. And uh, if I have something uh, in the future, I will probably contact you again. And I'm like, okay, okay. thank you, fine, have a nice day. It's easy. Okay. Yeah. But um, yeah, it, it's kind of, what, what I do find hard though is a lot of um, recruitment or, you know, job listings have so much requirements for certain types of language, you know. Um, yeah, the job listings are kind of insane nowadays, right? Yeah, it's just, they, they expect you to know all the frameworks. I mean, Vue and Angular and React and just a whole bunch and then also PHP and uh, this and you know uh, WordPress and uh, but oh we also use Craft and well yeah. <laughs> it, it's insane and, and they also kind of expect you to know some design and uh, I don't know they want the one man army yeah and, and, and sometimes that makes you feel like you don't I mean you're you get really insecure about your abilities eventually because for some reason you don't fit those profiles but yeah I don't know so so as a so when you're trying to find a job or you, you see a job listing and you see the title for example UI designer or UI developer yeah and you'll see a 
don't know, like 20 or 30 bullet points with things you need to know. Yeah. I guess that will <laughs> yeah, that make happens. you doubt yourself. <laughs> yeah, it does. Because nobody will know all of them, right? But, uh, yeah, but that's so weird because I think if you contact that company and tell them what you do know, yeah, and I mean, if, if you have like, I don't know, 10, 10 of those 20 bullet points, mm-hmm. uh, you know, fit your profile, I think they're already happy and they probably would like to contact you, you know, or hire you. Yeah, just to try it out at least, but, right? Uh, yeah, but it's still, it's it's just such a, a large, um, uh, um, what do you call it? It's just tough to get through that barrier, you know? Yeah, because it, it, you, you will have to make contact with the company and just try to, it feels like you're trying to convince people who want something better that yeah. you are worth it. Yeah, you, have to, you have to sell yourself um, and mm-hmm. especially for you know junior developers or designers that I mean I can imagine that's really tough because they don't have the experience I mean yeah for, for me for example I have like five or more years experience with agency so I can just tell someone yeah I have five years of experience and they were like oh mm-hmm. well in that case you're probably fine right I mean sure you don't know react or something but you'll learn you have experience so it's fine but as yeah. a junior, I mean, Jesus, how how do you get in somewhere? And you need to get in because otherwise, no one will ever hire you in the future. Yeah, it's a tough life as a new web developer, just someone in the web. I think a lot of times they want want you to have a lot of experience, even though it's not really realistic because you you just yeah. came off of a, a college and. <laughs> You've got maybe a year of experience, but that's not really an agency experience, but more of yeah. a internship experience or something at most. Uh, some people have like their own little side projects and stuff they can show. But yeah. I think that's why having um, a portfolio that's been constantly updated is a really good way to show off your knowledge and your skills. But mm-hmm. a lot of people don't find that um, actual experience i guess yeah but you can you might be able to convince people with it though yeah yeah of course i mean if you have really cool work Mm -hmm. you you might be able to convince someone but i I think that also um um, is different with uh, agencies and um um you know real clients in this case yeah what do you mean Uh, i think for uh, if you're looking for a steady job at an agency I yeah. think the if you can show work that you that you made and um, it's really impressive, I think they 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 are fine with you having less experience, right? Yeah, I, I think, think so. But I think if you're going to work at I don't know a, a big bank or something as a developer there internally, I, that's not enough. They they want they want the numbers, they want the yeah. certificates, and they want proof that you can do this. You know? Yeah, it's, so, it's kind of. Um, so if you want to be, uh, I don't know, like if you want to be a full-time person at a at a, at a job, you mm. will need to have that experience, I yeah. guess. But as a junior, you will still have to have that experience, I guess. Yeah. They, they will give you a chance, right? That's uh, uh, so weird. I mean, I, I, I've seen job listings for junior developers or something, and they expected like three years experience or more with React or something. I mean... How okay. how how does that work? How 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 are you a junior I, then? 
I don't know. And and how can you have that amount of years experience in something that's so, well, kind of new, you know? Yeah, it, it's pretty new. If you have three years of experience in React, I would consider you an expert. Yeah. <laughs> so, so yeah. I don't know. It feels like they want more for less. So they have this job listing for a junior. Mm-hmm. The title is a junior developer, and they want you to have experience of someone who is actually a meteor or maybe an, a senior in some fields. Yeah. But it's an, oh yeah. Th- th- that's always been the case, right? I mean, somewhat. All- they always up the, the the requirements a tiny bit to get the best person, you know. Yeah, but, but yeah. That, that, that gives again that that, that that places a really high barrier for certain people. Yeah, I think it's a, a pretty unhealthy look at what you need to know and what skills you need to have to be able to join an agency or something. Yeah. And it also makes you feel less as a, you know, person is not the right word, but feel less as a developer or designer. Yeah, definitely. And I think I think that's why uh, it's a imposter syndrome, right? Yeah, that's this term they call imposter syndrome. And I think that's, yeah. th- this fits that same thing. Yeah, but, but I think it goes further than that, imposter syndrome. Yeah, but um, the funny thing is, I, I do see a lot of developers and designers talking about imposter syndrome. So <laughs> mm-hmm. it is kind of related to our profession. Yeah, I know. I'm just saying that be having that syndrome, mm-hmm. I think it would cause a lot of other things than just doubting yourself while trying to find a job. Definitely. Yeah, but I mean, it is. Um, it is that you you don't you feel less than other people, right? You feel like yeah. you're you're not good enough for whatever you're doing. Yeah, as far as I know, the the way that you can define imposter syndrome is that when you're trying to compare yourself to something or someone who has a position that you think you could fill, mm-hmm. you feel inadequate to be able to fill that position. So you you're you feel like you have no not the same amount of skill, not the same amount of experience, even though it's objectively not true that you yeah. could probably fill that position. Yeah, but, but but that could be connected to the whole uh, job listings, right? And the uh, and stuff. I mean, if you see a list with uh, experience for three years and you have more than three years of experience, but they expect you to know five different frameworks or whatever, and you know two or three of them. Yeah. I mean... On the one hand, I'm like, I, I don't, okay. I, I mean, I can just contact them and tell them I don't know the other two, but I can probably learn it. But yeah, I'm, pre- I'm pretty sure there are a lot of people who just look at it at least and think, well, no, I'm not, I don't know those. So never mind, I'm not mm-hmm. going to contact them because I'm I'm not good enough for this position then. Even though yeah. the company is probably fine with, <laughs> with people like that. So Yeah, I think that, that definitely creates a very high steep barrier yeah. <laughs> or like a steep hill you have to climb to you're not even trying to convince anybody else you're trying to convince yourself that you're good enough for yeah. a job yeah and i think and the the requirements the the points you have to check in order to be able to fill that position it's kind of getting out of hand but it is i think it's really important like maybe this is a tip i can give anybody who's trying to find a job right now in the web world, it's important to know that a lot of these requirements are not 
100% necessary. Yeah. They're there because they want you to be, um, they want you to have known or like have seen this in your path somewhere. Like, so if you if you see five different frameworks, they don't expect you to be a, an expert on all of them. Yeah, if you just know what they are and what they mean for the web, mm-hmm. I guess. What it, what it can help you with. Yeah, if you've that's, just come across them. Yeah, that's fine. That's enough. I mean, I when I worked uh, at an agency, I uh, I had to recruit some people. Mm-hmm. Um, and I always had the, the job uh, interviews. Um, what I was always looking for is passion. It's just Passion? Yeah, that's it. I mean, I don't really care what, what you know, but if you're really interested and you, you know, you're passionate about the web and development in mm-hmm. general, that's, uh, dude, you will learn. How do you uh, measure that though? Just, you know, you, it's, it's kind of weird, but you can, mm-hmm. you can feel it while you're talking to someone. Okay. If I, if I ask certain questions about what they're interested in and uh, why they started doing develop web development and their answer is like yeah i don't know i just you know i felt like development whatever <laughs> yeah <laughs> you already know that's not gonna work right but if someone is just passionately talking about yeah i like the web and i love websites and i always you know i, I mean everyone uses them and i i want to help people and, and spread you know information and whatever i mean you already know that someone is is dedicated and interested in what he's doing yeah so i've i've, re- I've talked to people for the the brief period we were trying to hire someone for mm-hmm. the company and there's a very big difference between someone who's passionate yeah. the way they talk and the way they just um present themselves as a, a person who is viable for the job <laughs> listing yeah it's, it's very different because um the, someone who is trying to make money and not thinking about any you know meta fields of the web uh, it's very obvious because they will not talk about the personal involvement, the personal um, motives of trying to learn the web yeah. and, and the technology behind the web. And While someone who is really driven and passionate, uh-huh. you'll just notice immediately they talk about it with such, I don't know, almost vigor or like they talk about it with a lot of, um, well, <laughs> passion. Yeah, you'll, I mean- you can almost almost see their their eyes light up. You know, it's like yeah. you, can, you can see that there's there's really interest in the subject. Mm-hmm. And, and but it's still a, a, bit, a bit tough though. Some people are really good with uh, just saying words, and yeah. they might be able to convince you. And I think th- this is the next thing I would do is see if they are um, if they are involved in any side projects that, exactly. or personal projects. Yeah, right? I mean. If you don't have any projects, if you don't, I mean, it, it's kind of tough to say, but uh, I mean, a lot of people don't have time next to their jobs mm, for yeah, projects. True. I mean, some people just have children and, you know, uh, a whole family to support. Yeah. And I get it that you don't have a lot of time for projects, but it is always a nice mm-hmm. indication, a, a nice way to measure the amount of interest uh, in your uh, profession. Yeah. So if, just, if you don't, if you don't, if you're not even talking about doing a side project, I mean, I mean that's already enough. If you if you if you can at a job interview and you tell me that you're thinking about doing a side project and really interested in doing whatever, building something in view and you know that that's mm-hmm. that's already more 
than just saying that you don't do any side projects and you don't have time for it and that's it, you know? Yeah. It's just, um, it's very hard to be able to talk about something pretty personal. Uh, I think there are, there are actual rules against what you can ask. Like there, there's a limit of the things you can ask during an interview. Okay. And well, just personal questions yeah, then, like I guess. Yeah, like privacy sensitive information. So you can't ask about, for example, if you have a sexual transmitted disease. I know it's <laughs> super rare, uh, random, uh-huh. what I just said, but it's it, it might be really, it might affect your job. I don't know if you're like half of the time you have a uh, you have to go to the doctor. Well, yeah. it but might affect your job, but you're not allowed to ask that directly. It's always a gamble. Yeah, it's but what I'm trying to say is, um, even if you can't ask directly, like, "Hey, um, so what, do you have any side projects or something?" Even if you can't ask that directly, or the, just the segue to that kind of conversation doesn't come up, you can. You can always ask a very light-hearted way of what the what what their free time, how they would fill that free time. For yeah. example, um, I had a question like, "What would your what would your perfect weekend look like?" And they they don't have to describe anything very precisely or very so so they just had to say anything related to web. And I didn't hear that, so I was like, "Okay, but you're still young. You don't have a family. You're you're supposed to be um, pretty good at your job. So mm-hmm. how do you keep up with the technology?" And I think that's that's why we're asking about, you know, having a personal project or anything that's uh, outside the job because yeah. keeping up with web technology is a lot of work. Yeah, and, and to be honest, I don't. Also, I mean. Do, do I really keep up with the web development? I mean, I'm not reading, uh, you know, websites and, and posts about new technologies or something. But what I do is I hear something about a new language, for example, and I try to build something in it and, you know, just look around. That's it. That's yeah, also but, a way to learn. It's just... Y- 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 but hearing need... about it in the first place, th- that's something you took interest in. Yeah. And, and, but Yeah. But that's also, it depends if you're open for yeah. that kind of stuff, right? I mean, if you just don't care about new technologies and you hear something about Vue and you're like, well, okay, and just mm-hmm. move on with your life, you, you probably don't have a lot of uh, passion for your work, right? Yeah, I think being open to the channels which you can get information from about your field mm-hmm. is really important. I think a lot of people forget that um, just knowing a language doesn't mean that you uh, can can use the same way of writing uh, your, your like for example when i first started doing web development i i did things in tables yeah we all did <laughs> so uh, if i would say yeah i make my websites in tables people would look really like nobody would expect me to nobody thinks i'm a web developer they think uh, well, oh i'm just uh, unless you make uh, email uh, templates or something oh yeah oh, okay <laughs> yeah, don't Let's, let's talk <laughs> that's about a email. different topic okay. oh god yeah that's, that's a whole whole other profession yeah if you're a web uh, developer you're, you're you have a pretty tough job as an email developer though yeah i, oh I wish god. you good luck sir yeah or, or ma'am. You, you guys are saviors of the universe <laughs> oh man I, yeah I just... it kind of is not very like they have such a tough job it doesn't really you, you can't give them a title that's respectful that's, that's also kind of tough right up the yeah i mean, I mean 
if you're the whole your whole life you've been building email templates mm-hmm. you can't call yourself really a developer right so if you have to uh, find yeah. if you have to find a new job how the fuck does that work do, you can only do email templates then i mean yeah the field is really big email templating and uh, creating emails you you can you could do that as a full-time career because there's so much involved yeah that's true and and uh i think if if a company is looking for a good email developer i i would mm. like i'm just gonna call it the email developer now if, <laughs> if they're cool. looking as an email developer someone as an email developer they would need to uh like they could see how experienced you are by seeing your designs and the amount of time you've spent but I think a lot of companies don't see the benefit of that. Yeah. And they would just look, hey, email, that's something we eh, we do. Like 1% of our company is emailing, yeah, even we, though it's really important. We, we have a MailChimp account, right? So it's fine. Yeah. We, don't, we don't need a developer for that. Well, technically, it can be true. Yeah, kind of. But a lot of times the designer makes a really complex design. Yes for an email and then you're like whoa what the how the fuck am i gonna make this <laughs> how 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 is this gonna work in outlook what is, what is it 2001 or something yeah so it's, it's still really hard to convince someone as an email developer that uh, you're yeah. th- that you that you can fill a position as mm-hmm. a full-time email <laughs> developer de- yeah yeah even though yeah. i think it, it's you could fill it and if you if your company relies on email you should definitely invest in someone who's really good at it and knows his way around. I'm really curious how big companies do that, you know, like uh, banks or, uh, uh, you know, those kind of places. I've seen, okay, so I've worked at a, temporarily I've worked on, uh, at an email company. <laughs> I'll just call it that for C- now. Campaign, maybe? Email campaigns or something? They do. They do a lot of things. Okay. Uh, they do email campaigns. They do email templating. They do um, database-driven emails. They uh-huh. do a lot of like also social, social-driven emails. And and it's it's pretty. It's a really big field, and it's a big business too. Because if you mess up one email or one one thing in your email, you, you could get a load of crap. Oh yeah, your... we, so, we've seen that happen multiple times. So doing that. 100% correct and very professionally is really important. Yeah. And that company um, actually had full-time email templating per, I don't know, people. Uh-huh. <laughs> Just email developers, I, I would call them, because what they would do is open up a design that the designer made, who's also hired. Most of them are freelancers, by the way. So it's okay. not very efficient for the company itself, but, you know, if, if the companies they are working for pay enough money you could get freelancers that do do the thing so that's what they were doing and i was a freelancer in that time as well and i i made an email template once Mm. um from scratch so they gave me a design and i had to remake it in email language (laughs) let's call it that because it's not (laughs) i don't know if you can consider it html anymore yeah there's like MSIO tags and stuff. Oh god, yeah. So you have to make buttons work and everything. So it's it's a total mess. But eventually they they checked my template and they were like, ah, you know what? We're gonna put you somewhere else. 
<laughs> what? Why? Yeah, I, I don't know. I thought I was good enough, but they they thought it was not good enough, I guess. Okay. But anyway, so it, it's a very rigorous task. You get a template, like a visual template, and um, you'll have to remake it in a lot of varieties. Mm -hmm. Different types of content should fit in there, and it should somewhat be responsive where it can be and yeah. sometimes you cannot make it responsive so you will have to you know make it just static and it's i have so much respect for email developers it's it, a yeah it's so frustrating most times i mean when i'm just developing for you know a website or something i'm already frustrated when i open internet explorer and i see just things crashing down and, and or open one of the firefox or something yeah and I mean, those those fixes are a lot of times they are you know, done in five minutes or something. You can just you have to search for the specific code. You know, you can look it up online if mm -hmm. something why something's not working correctly and you fix it and then that's it. But email mm -hmm. templates, you have so many clients. Yeah. And and all of them work differently and all of them have different support tables. It's 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 insane. And yeah, and I even it, noticed. Last time I made a template, I had, I added a class that yeah. adds a background color. Yeah, and classes and that, don't work in all clients. But but okay, it just it just my my template messed up because of that class. So I how do I even? <laughs> I was looking for two hours. Yeah, two yeah, hours. Yeah, a lot of times you have to write the inline styling on the element itself. Yeah, I I did, but yeah. I also had a class, so it was like okay, so. You have an inline class, oh. uh, inline style, and uh, it, it already did the background. Yeah, and I was adding the like uh, the classes were still there, and I wasn't allowed to keep classes in my class <laughs> attribute yeah. because that that messed up my template. <laughs> what the fuck? Even though they did nothing more different than the the inline style. Yeah, I know. It's it's so strange. All, all the yeah. So yeah, uh, my hats off to you, email yep. developers. We have deep respect for you guys. Uh, to be not involved in web, what a life that would be, right? <laughs> Do you not, sometimes feel like you've made the wrong choice? <laughs> not a, not a lot, but yeah, sometimes I'm I'm I don't know. I don't regret it, but I do think from, like what would have happened if I did this or that, you know? If I yeah, did something definitely. else. And I don't I don't regret being in this field. I love web development yeah. itself, but a lot of things that you know that that, that are connected to web development. Yeah. And the way some people thought of, you know, like email emails are so old, the, the technology <laughs> behind email, why is it still relevant? Just kill it already yeah and, and especially since it's so it, it, it's it's um it's really uh, lagging behind web development it's, it's yes it's so far behind in technology wise i mean did, have you ever tried to set up email on your server like w without a cpanel or whm or, or direct admin or anything I, i've tried it once with uh what's called Dove, dovecot or something yeah dovecot yeah but i i quit after two or three yeah. hours because i was just uh, it's just insane it was so stupid and 
even like even if you have set it up 100% correct uh-huh. um you still have a chance of it not being delivered because of some other random thing <laughs> and i've had yeah. that a lot with in, in the past year mm-hmm. we've been trying to send emails from our server and uh, it's not even it wasn't even set up incorrectly it was just i don't know why something just didn't work always and depending on the network it might get flagged as a spam mail or oh yeah something that gets blocked by the antivirus mm-hmm. protector on the server of the the recipient yeah like how do you even debug that uh, yeah i don't know like i'll get a client and they'll say oh yeah you're the email hasn't arrived. I don't know what to do. And I'll say, okay, I don't know what to do either. The email is sent. <laughs> I check the logs and the emails are sent. Yeah. So, so, so what, what now? Uh, uh, yeah. Uh, are you there are some that? tools. There are some tools, but it, it's so hard to find good tools for uh, email debugging. I mean, yeah, uh, just um, uh, developing the templates for email is also I- insane, right? I mean, mm-hmm. you, you can debug the different clients live. You have to send an email and and have to you have to catch them with all your different clients. Yeah, th- there's a there's Litmus. Yeah, Litmus. Used. Yeah, but th- you still have to send an email, right? You send an email, yes. and Litmus gets all those emails and shows how it looks uh, on well, different. Techni- uh, technically, you can just paste the theme or the template. The, yeah, the code. H- the, yeah, the code. Yeah, but still, I don't know. It it's fine, but that something like that is necessary. It's yeah. what what bothers me. Yeah, I mean, you would prefer just to press uh, save on your uh, code and it just automatically updates all those uh, <laughs> clients, right? And just shows you if it works. Or no, not. I just I just want it to die. <laughs> that's, I think that's better. But the, the replacement like Slack is is not is not always better than email. It's right? not. Slack isn't a replacement for email. It's for it's a replacement for in company emails. Maybe. Yeah, maybe. But, and that's why I'm just curious if there's no other way besides email to approach uh, people outside of a company, you know? Yeah, it's just, uh, you might be able to do it maybe with like uh, phones. You can yeah. send a, send an SMS, you know, or, but that's the only thing I can think of because you would need someone who is, you would need an address yeah. and you would need it to be personal and mm-hmm. you would need it to be always passive until it gets something. So it has to be there. It has to have a physical location in, in the internet. Uh, I don't know. So, but, what, what if everyone was connected in the same Slack group? Okay. So uh, l- l- the or whole an- world <laughs> or another messaging service, right? Mm-hmm. But and you're not allowed to directly message other people unless they approve to receive that kind of message from someone so i mean it's the same with calling right if i call someone yeah uh, i i can i can look at the uh, at the number and i know if i want to pick it up or not and it's yeah, the same sure. with email i mean you see the subject and you see the um the, the sender and you know oh well this is probably going to be spam so i just remove mm-hmm. this right yeah so w- why not i don't know move that to something slack like a messaging service or something i think they've been trying i mean look at facebook or look at twitter they they have huge amounts of people just at, at, at the service yep. so you could you could use it 
Yeah, but, but the the thing with Facebook is uh, it's it's personal. It's you post all your pictures and stuff on it, and that's that's not what I mean. I mean, okay. It, so you you want to be anonymous un, unless you want to you know re- reveal who you are to that person. Yeah. So just as a replacement for email. Hmm. I don't know. There should be some kind of way, right? I mean, messaging has a lot of um, uh, positive things, uh, functionalities. It, it, yeah, it's, it does. I mean, it's quick. Um, uh, you're not limited by uh, data or whatever a lot of times. Um, yeah, but know. it also has a lot of problems. I mean, of course, if, of if course. you want to keep it, if you if you want to keep track of your documents or something you've sent, and it's just some things are not correctly designed for uh, long-term messages in, yeah. in a in a messaging client. I think that's like even Slack doesn't do it 100% correctly, in my opinion. Like if you send a file, it's kind of tough to find it back. It is. Yeah, I really don't like the way Slack handles files and uh, the history, especially if the company uh, doesn't have a paid Slack account. Yeah, you, exactly. you get like a, a, a history limit and you get a file limit. And mm-hmm. if someone adds another file after that limit is already reached, it will remove all their files. And it just, yep. yeah, it gets messy, because, especially since some people just send all their assets or something in Slack. So yeah. <laughs> I'm looking in Slack, trying, lose them. trying to find a design and it's just, it's gone, you know, and then I have to ask for it again. They send it again through Slack and it just keeps repeating that whole mess of <laughs> trying to find the assets. Yeah. Well, m- maybe there is a way and maybe for the email developers, the revolution has begun. Yes. And maybe just, they can find a way to, you know, just revolutionize the whole way that, that emails work because... Throw We've those had emails enough. away. We've had enough. Destroy them all. What will destroy them all? Well, destroy all emails. Oh. Yeah. So, yeah. Everybody, select all your files and all your emails. Yeah, delete your, your Gmail your accounts. Yeah, delete it. Fuck Let's it. Join us. Uh, how, how are you going to log in then on all the websites? It's okay. Just join us by destroying the whole email service. Yeah, sure. It, it, it's... Yeah. What? You don't believe in this cause? Yeah, I do, sure. <laughs> you don't sound very convincing. You non-believer! You will oh. get punished. Oh, God, please don't send any spam. I have your email. Yeah, you do. I've done that, by the way, once to someone. I've built a mail bomber. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> I've sent ten thousands of mails to someone. Oh, no, I did it manually, but that was, that was also shitty. They were deleting emails for four days in a row. <laughs> oh my God. And I, I enjoyed uh, every last second of it. I, I uh, It was a friend and he was being annoying in my mailbox. So I uh, I subscribed his email address to a lot of uh, subscriptions. So, you know, of newspapers and uh, news sites and whatever. So, I mean, that, that's like a mild, milder version. But the, the annoying thing was you don't immediately get a message that you're sub- subscribed. So after like a year or two, he still got messages from certain sites that he didn't even know I also subscribed him to. So that was shitty. Wow. Emails. Well, maybe this is a, this is a good time to just end it all. I mean, yeah. end this, end, end, end this uh, the podcast. Yeah, yes. please just don't 
Don't kill the world. I won't. Okay. I won't. Thanks. Just the email service. <laughs> Fuck. <laughs> well, we won't know if we have uh, subscribers or viewers or well, I call listeners if you yeah. destroy all the emails. So. Hmm. Maybe we should make a Slack channel. Oh. Hmm. Oh. So all our listeners could join us. I don't yeah. know. I don't know. That's, we, that's an idea. Yeah. Let's just keep it out of there. Yes. Well, anyway, see you guys later. Yeah. Thanks for listening again. Bye. And, uh, till next week, probably.